Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? Yeah, and it's telling me that my friend Spider-Man is kind of sexist this week for some reason <laughs> to listen to this show find us on foureyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcast this podcast is brought to you by revenge lover designs illustration and design that fit your personality for samples and inquiries visit revengelover.com and yeah spider-man kind of sucks in this episode doesn't he <laughs> uh-huh, in like multiple ways all around really truly mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Interesting way to do a guest spot, I would say. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. But kind of feels uh, in line for this show, which is Spider-Woman. We are continuing to talk about Spider-Woman, the 1979 animated series. Um, and we are, let's see, what is this? This is like the third episode into this chunk that we've been talking about. Yeah. And I'm still happy we're here. I know last week was kind of uh, a hiccup in that, uh, but I do think we're back on track with some some of the weirdness um, and stuff that I do like about Spider-Woman. So yeah. glad that we're not getting two duds in a row here. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> fully agree. <laughs> the episode we're talking about today is Spider-Woman uh, episode seven. It's called The Congo Spider, or if you watched on Disney+, Plus, where you can follow along, The Kingo Spider, uh, which is just wrong <laughs> and a mistake. Yep. <laughs> yep it has yep, nothing yep. to do with anything. Uh, it's just a mistake that they still yep. haven't fixed. <laughs> nope. And probably never will. <laughs> nope. Despite there being entire, like, stupid, uh, gaspy, pearl-clutchy quote news stories online about how they have the wrong title like it's funny and it's a mistake i don't know that we needed to write like entire news articles about oh, getting the title wrong yeah. on disney plus <laughs> oh, like, that happens all the time too on streaming it's so services. Weird. like it's annoying so but like whatever yeah yeah well in any case this is the congo spider uh, and the synopsis from imdb is guest stars spider-man period <laughs> while covering the filming of a movie the justice magazine team encounter a giant spider parentheses in a plot inspired by king kong cool thanks <laughs> is it <laughs> i mean very lightly very lightly like there are def- okay there are definitely bits and pieces that you can see are probably pulled from king kong and if i if i think about the fact that like you know this is 1979 and there was just a king kong movie like the year before or something Mm. maybe it was on their minds sure yeah i guess that checks out still funny (laughs) yeah i mean it didn't need to be said no no (laughs) either way the original air date was november 2nd 1979 written and directed by the same team that we talked about on our episode uh uh, well our episode 72 and then i think a couple episodes ago we uh we rehashed it so just listen to uh to uh whatever that episode number was 125 listen Mm -hmm. to our episode 125 most recently if you want to hear us talk about people who worked on this show yes And as we've come to expect from this show, we get new characters for this episode, um, but we don't really know who voices them because they're often not very prominent characters or they're like brand new characters to this series. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way that we credit voice actors uh, in 1979 is not kind. They just sort of throw up some names and we don't know who they are. So we get a character, sort of the main antagonist of this episode named C.B., I don't even think we know what that stands for. I don't know if anyone knows what that stands for. So. Um, and he's a uh, director, basically. Yep. And then, of course, we get Spider-Man. And once again, uh, he's voiced by Paul Souls, who was the voice of Spider-Man in 1967. Yeah. He does sound kind of different in this episode. Very different performance. Like, you can tell that it's him. But I don't know. He actually, he actually weirdly kind of sounds a little bit younger in his performance than I think he did oh. in the 60s show. Did you kind of get that? 
Like I, I, I didn't really identify what, and I, I wish I had time to like go back and compare the two voices because something did feel different, but yeah. I, didn't, I couldn't put my finger on what it was. So it, maybe that's it. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like it's almost a fusion of his Peter Parker and Spider-Man voice from the '60s show for this. Like that was the thing I was middle. especially curious about. Was like, is he doing his Spider-Man voice or is he doing his Peter voice? Is it is it neither? Is it's it not the full. Like- <laughs> it's not the full Peter voice because the Peter voice. It's like super high like high octave like the way he cranks it up it's almost like right his peter voice just aged a little bit i guess is is really what it what it what it sounds like but he's not going as deep as he normally does for spider-man on that show sure sure yeah it'd be i'll, I'll go back at some point and compare because i think that'd be fun mm-hmm. yeah but those are those are sort of the notable characters for this one other than that this show we typically don't have a ton of production for so nope. uh, we can just dive right in let's do it this episode opens in an African jungle where a couple of natives, question mark, uh, uh, clarified maybe later, hmm. are running from a giant spider that ultimately attacks their walled village and kidnaps two of the inhabitants. Spider-Woman arrives, honestly, like seconds into this episode, yeah. having received a spider sense vision of the attack, and she uses her venom blast to stop the spider and free the kidnappees. Now, after she returns them to the village and then just leaves, she's like, all right, my business here is done. Like, again, maybe 60 seconds into this episode, a director named CB yells, cut! And it's revealed that the whole ordeal was being filmed. Which means... It's a Spidey movie story, y'all. Those are always fun. (laughs) And I love these. Yeah. I love that there's so many of them. I love that it's like a staple. Yeah. (laughs) Especially early on. I don't know if like 2017 or Ultimate does one of these, but it definitely feels like a very old school Spider-Man tradition. Yeah, it really does. I will say, what as soon as that was revealed, I was just like, oh, the spider is definitely going to be a robot, right? They're, That's they're, what I thought, they're, too. <laughs> they're not saying that there's just, you know, an actual giant spider that just exists in Africa, uh-huh. uh, a kaiju spider. But mm, nope. I mean, there is a robot spider in this episode, but not the one that you think. Uh, yep. <laughs> I also think this is I, I'm being very, like, charitable here. Like, this isn't a thing they were thinking about. But I do think, like, it's accidentally kind of cool that you have Spider-Woman as this world-faring superhero. Like, we made the Superman comparison, right? That, like, Mm -hmm. she's not a New York superhero. Like, she's someone who ventures across the world. But I do like that, like, she just got a spider sense that, like, a a village in Africa was... I mean, I know it's, like, in Africa. Oh, wow. What does that mean? Like, that's an entire continent. But still, like, a village uh, was being attacked, and she goes to save it just just like she would any other, like, major city. Like, we always see... The superhero is like defending New York or whatever. And if they're venturing across the world, it's like they go to Tokyo or they go to yeah. Paris. Like they go, they always still go to like a major well-known city. It is still cool that Spider-Woman like treats like a, a village in the jungle in the same way that she would any other place. It's like, oh, people are in danger. I'm going to go there and save them and then skedaddle just like I would any other thing. Like, yeah. I kind of like that. It's kind of neat. That, yeah, and, and I, she doesn't comment on that. There's nothing weird about it. She just like does it as if it was like in the middle of New York, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think it's really cool. And I think it's the type of thing that I wish uh, I wish that Spider-Woman had been a bigger deal or had become a bigger deal f- to see more of it. You know, like mm-hmm. I would have loved to see how this could have developed if Spider-Woman was a character that was taken as seriously or even close to as seriously as Spider-Man continued to be taken Mm -hmm. as seriously right like i know she's the only one who has a show right now so like technically in the television sphere she is being taken the most seriously but like i wish that her profile was as big or close to as big so that we could have seen this develop as like the spider woman thing right because i think like what was it like five six seven i don't even know at this point years ago when they sort of re-number one the amazing spider-man part of it was that he was like more global or something Mm -hmm. or international or something like that and as i watch the show i'm like spider-man kind of already was that yeah at least in the show so it would have been cool if if that had naturally developed and Mm -hmm. grown yeah for sure well back at our uh what we assume is a movie set i don't know if it's very it's i don't know if it's ever very clear if this was like an existing village or if like the people are actors or real i don't know i don't think it's ever i I I don't know that it's ever totally clarified. I am I would like to believe in headcanon that all of it is fake except yeah. for certain important elements. Yeah. Because otherwise it ends up being far more problematic right. 
out of the universe and and the problematic nature of it can stay in universe yeah and the fact (laughs) that's me being very charitable (laughs) i think so too i was thinking the same thing because the fact that like the the people who are dressed like the villagers do like at times act like henchmen for the director too right which would imply that they're working for him which would imply that they're not like native people they are just people who work for them right Um, i mean they could still be like indigenous people that live there that were hired but Totally. Either way, no matter what, I would like to believe that they work for the director, which means that anything that might be problematic about how things are styled or done is like more attributed to the movie set because it's it's on CB anyway, not like the real world. And granted, the real world was making CB. But I mean, I did catch myself when I when the episode started and they had the natives running from the spider. I I did the thing where I was like, isn't this supposed to be Africa? And then I was like, Doug, not every African person looks the same. These could be Africans. And then I felt better about it when I was able to believe that they were all hired by CB. Yeah. Yeah. Because then I was like, well, it doesn't really matter. He's just doing weird shit. This definitely falls in the category of like older show that could have been way, 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 way worse. I was really (laughs) worried. Yeah. I was really worried when I heard the title of this episode. Yeah. The title Congo Spider, and it's not even spelled right. Like it's spelled with a K, which in this case, it's just like the name of the spider. They're not saying it's necessarily named after the Congo anyway. So I don't know, whatever. I think it's Um, meant to be like a cutesy pun on Congo and King Kong. Yeah. Which is, I I think that's fine. I, I, I get that. I mean, it's still kind of weird that you're like, equating like the monster island like skull island of king kong mythos with just a place in africa like that feels a little weird but (laughs) they're not treating this setting any worse than they've treated other settings i would argue yeah yeah so you know it's fine it's not it's not great but it's also like not the worst thing ever and it's it's so unclear of like what any of what we're watching is real or not that it kind of accidentally helps it, I guess. Yeah. So, it accidentally uh, helps it. Yeah. Yeah. So either way, CB's assistant, who I believe is named Gopher, which is kind of funny. Yep. Uh, he's literally Gopher. Uh, his assistant praises the scene and is like, with Spider-Woman is the star, CB's film is sure to be a blockbuster. Uh, CB agrees. Uh, also saying that her co-star will be just as great. And then laments that neither will be around for the premiere Dun, dun, dun. What could it mean? What <laughs> is with these directors just, why couldn't you just ask them to be in your movie and pay them a bunch of money? Why Why has it got to be a plot to get them filmed and then kill them? What have you got against them? I don't them? know. I don't know. Well, I do think it's fun that like there are different versions of the story where sometimes they do hire Spider-Man and sometimes they don't. And like, yeah. this is one where I was like, when it started and he called cut, I was like, oh, Spider-Woman's like in on it. She was That's like hired for this movie. Yeah. And then it becomes clear that she's like not there anymore. And I was like, oh, he's one of the bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It's not a great strategy, though, because like if you keep them no. alive – then you could have sequels with them appearing in it. But if you kill them, then like, that's like bad press for your movie that this is the movie that Spider-Man and Spider-Woman both died on. So what dude, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he was, maybe he was trying to get that snuff film publicity. (laughs) I guess so. I guess so. (laughs) Yeah. Well, back in New York, Jessica takes Jeff and Billy out for hot dogs, which, you know, Billy's got to be like super, super pumped about because he loves them hot dogs and he loves Mm -hmm. going out for hot dogs with Jessica. Yeah. Jeff is like, Jessica, I wanted to go on a date with you. I wanted to like go out for lunch with just you. And, uh, you know, Jess- Jessica's just like, oh, it's fine. This this will get us back to the office more quickly. Because uh, she didn't want to go on a fucking date with you, Jeff. As she's made clear in every single episode of this entire show. Every Fire time you've ever man, asked her out. I know. This is literally sexual harassment. Yeah, and she's clearly tired of it. Like, she's clearly going out of her way to be like, oh, we can't go on a date because we need to get back to the office. Mm-hmm. Just fire him. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice that Billy can always be there as a buffer, but also, honestly, Jessica, it's a lot of pressure to put on your, like, 10-year-old yeah. nephew at this point. Like, yeah. he's been doing really good at keeping you two apart, but you really just need – you. I think yeah. you need to be the adult in this situation and break it off. Break his arm. <laughs> Tell him never to come near you again. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, Billy notices a headline in the Daily Bugle. It is in this universe. Yeah, we were literally just talking about this like a, a couple weeks ago or something, yeah. weren't we? Yeah. yeah. I was like, I guess it doesn't exist. Yep. Nope, it exists. The Daily Egg Bugle. on my here. face. Hot yeah. dog on my face. Oh, don't say that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, in the Daily Bugle, the headline is Spider-Woman saves African village from giant Congo spider. Uh, and Billy's like... Justice Magazine should do a cover story on this story that's already been reported, uh, which Jeff kind of points out. And he's like, well, they've already done the reporting on it. So, like, what what are we going to do? Like, why would we write a story on a thing that's, like, already been covered? It is kind of weird that, like, you're a, you're a news-ish magazine. Like, shouldn't you have been informed about this giant spider event that happened with your favorite superhero before it was in the news. I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't even know how much. I mean, like Jessica would have been, she was literally there. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I guess she's the editor. So she's just deciding based on her own experiences, like what's worth putting in her magazine or not. But like she's got built in exclusives, like every time she shows up somewhere. Right. It's a little, yeah, it's a little weird, whatever. (laughs) It's like, I know Jeff like kind of has a point for a second and you're like, Oh no. It's actually kind of right. <laughs> yeah, he's not wrong about this. It's like, yeah, but at this point, it's kind of late, especially if they're like a monthly, they're a monthly magazine. I think Jessica usually does say this month's issue. Mm. So like at the end of the month, it's just like Spider Woman stopped a giant spider a few weeks ago. Okay. Like, yeah, I get Jeff isn't, isn't necessarily wrong, but it doesn't matter because he still loses the argument anyway, which is I'm never mad about whether he's right, right. or wrong, to be honest, um, because Jessica receives a vision of another giant spider attack and is like, yeah, Billy's uh, got a nose for news. I think we should go and uh, check it out and see if there's more to the story. Mm-hmm. So they're like, all right, I guess we're going to Africa. Cool. Yep. Another point, Billy. Yeah. So they set off for Africa and while they do Spider-Man reads the same bugle headline, uh, remarks that Spider-Woman is becoming a real superheroine and decides to investigate the spider attack as well, claiming he wouldn't want a woman spider getting all the headlines. (laughs) Off to a great start here. (laughs) Okay. Like, why? Like, I just, it's so weird to me because, like, you already have Jeff in this show who's constantly being, like, a chauvinistic asshole, right? Why have Spider-Man guest and then also be a chauvinistic asshole when he can just be like a jealous or like, quote, bitter, like other superhero and just be like, oh, man, she's like, she's taking all the headlines just because she happens to be another superhero or like she's getting all the international like headlines or something like (laughs) he could have said the exact same thing and just said, I don't want her getting all the headlines. (laughs) <laughs> they also, went out of their way to make him a sexist piece of shit. Right. And it's weird because he's been in the show before. He wasn't like this in the first episode, right? Like, he I was, don't think so. I don't I mean, like, he was the he was useless in the first episode, and he's kind of useless in this episode, too. But, like, he was mostly just, like, the damsel role and playing off of, of Jessica a little bit. But it was still kind of, like, letting her be the hero in that episode. And this one, it's sort of, like, the same stuff, except they add all of these really sexist lines that just feel very weird and out of character. And... Jessica's like not pushing back on it at all either. It's really strange. It's so strange. I mean, it's like, it's that thing that we've talked about before where their strategy for being feminist is to have a bunch of really sexist things happen, but make those people obviously like bad. Yeah. But like, you could also just not do that and make her capable and have agency and not pretend she sucks. Like, it's just like, it's like a weird roundabout way of, doing feminism where you actually are just sexist most of the time but it's also (laughs) spider-man is still a hero that we're supposed to like and they know that people watching the show will probably know spider-man and like him and we'll have heard that he's gonna be on this episode yeah so like why would you why would you put the stuff that like the bad people say into his mouth i don't understand that it's it's bizarre. It's a very bizarre choice. And it doesn't stop and it continues to be unpleasant throughout the rest of the episode. Yep. It uh, does. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, upon landing outside the village in their Justice Jetcopter, the Justice Magazine crew immediately, like literally within seconds of landing, encountered the, the giant spider. Uh, they uh, are running from the spider. They are chased to like the edge of a cliff. And... Uh, Their only solution. Goodness gracious. First of all, I really love, love the bit 
where Jessica's like jumping spiders. I mean, we'd better jump if we don't want that spider to get us. <laughs> like she's trying to cover for her secret identity because she's saying a spider woman quip. It's one of her trademark, like quips that aren't yeah. very good or don't make any sense. Um, but which implies that like people that she's conscious of the fact that people know that spider woman says stuff like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. oop, I better not say that. Right. Right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they realize their only option is to jump off the edge of a cliff and it's not a little jump. They're falling for a very long time. If they didn't happen to land in the giant spider's web below, they would have died. Like Mm -hmm. they would have, if Jessica maybe would have saved them somehow, but she doesn't try. (laughs) She is so, so adamant about not spider changing in front of them. Yeah. It's like you guys literally jumped off a cliff t- together. This is the time to take action. This is the time to risk your secret identity and take action and yeah. figure it out later. But uh, luckily, they land in a giant spider web. So I guess Thank it's goodness. fine. It worked out. They didn't break all of their bones and or die. So, you know. Cool. But now that they're in this giant spider web, we learn that this part is also being filmed by CB. So. He's also like capturing the Justice Magazine crew. They're going to be movie stars, too, which is kind of cool, I guess. Uh, He remarks that the uh, co-star should be arriving any minute. And right on cue, right as Jessica's worrying, like, God, I can't spider change in front of Jeff and Billy. I know we're about to be like literally eaten, but my secret identity. Well, luckily, she doesn't have to figure out a way out of it because Spider-Man arrives. Thank goodness. <laughs> well, Spider-Man makes quick work of freeing the three from the web, and he just kind of sends them on their way, like, y'all are good now. But once they're gone, Spider-Man is immediately captured by CB <laughs> and his crew, uh, who then, like, move to prepare the next set. Like, they just throw a net on him and are like, we got you, buddy. And he's like, oh, no. All right, everybody, let's prepare for the next scene. <laughs> It's so goofy. Like, he literally just stands there. Yeah. (laughs) So Jessica, Jeff, and Billy, who walked off, like, just before this, arrive at the village. And they find all of the filming equipment. And then, as expected, CB meets them right after and explains the situation. He actually thanks Jessica for coming to Africa to cover his film, The Congo Spider, which is funny because I don't think she knew that's what she was going there for. No, They didn't know it was a movie. Like, she's Spider-Woman and hasn't known it was a movie. So clearly Jessica didn't either. Um, But he says, I'm filming this movie, The Congo Spider, featuring the two greatest superstars in the entire world. And and Jessica's like, well, who? (laughs) And so CB's like Spider-Woman and Spider-Man, of course. And he beckons his crew back into the jungle to film their next scene as the Justice Magazine crew just sort of stands there dumbfounded uh, and processes the info. (laughs) They're just sort of like, huh? (laughs) Yeah, this is kind of a lot to learn. (laughs) Especially for Jessica, because she's she's been to this location twice now, both as Spider-Woman and Jessica, and is just learning like, wait, I've been being filmed this whole time. (laughs) <laughs> well, and the weirdness of like, it's all a movie, except, I mean, the spider's real, but everything else is a movie, but the giant spider, that's the real part in the situation. Like, it's very strange. <laughs> but like, I don't even think at this point, I don't even think the spider has been clarified as real or fake yet. Has that's it? true. No. Yeah. Like, you could just assume we know it's animatronic or whatever. Yeah. Like we know that CB is putting them in actual danger. But I don't know if I if I thought that it was real or not yet. I don't know at what point they actually. I don't think make that clear. I don't think it's ever clear. I think it's just the fact that they never reveal it to be fake, and then they reveal another spider robot later that is explicitly fake. Yeah, that is explicitly fake. That you just have to be. You just have to assume that the first one was real all along. And I guess because the spider telepathy works on it later on. But like even I mean, oh, really, up until the up until the last scene with that spider, I was still thinking even with some of the clues that it was real, that it would still, that it would still be revealed as a fake and it's not. Yeah. And it, I don't think, and, and again, it's like, it's not that it's ever revealed one way or the other. It's just like, Oh, I guess that was real the whole time. That's weird. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so back in the jungle where CB and his crew set off, they set up a scene along a river where Spider-Man is tied to a raft and thrown off a waterfall. That's, that's the next scene. So I guess this yeah. is where Spider-Man's killed off in the film. I guess so. I guess. I, guess <laughs> I don't really so. know what they're filming. I don't either. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I don't I really understand CB's vision, but 
you know, maybe there was a lot of stuff filmed before these two arrived. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe it makes sense in context. Maybe it's an art film. Uh, <laughs> where it's, it's not really narrative. It's more an experience and emotion-based. Yeah, sure. To evoke a reaction. Sure. sure. Um, in any case, Jessica does receive a vision of this. So she excuses herself with absolutely no explanation. I love it so jungle. much. I love she just it. says, I've got something to take care of. Which is funny because I'm pretty sure she's used the excuse... Like, I don't know if she said it exactly this way, but I'm pretty sure she's excused herself, like, with the implication that she's doing, like, woman things, which to somebody like Jeff would be the perfect excuse, because he's like, oh, oh, do your thing, whoa, you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, But she doesn't even do that. She's just like, I'm with idiots, so it doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) So she just says she has something to take care of and walks off. Uh, Spider changes and arrives at the waterfall just in time to save Spider-Man with what she calls a spidery tightrope act, which is literally just her making a web and walking across it, I guess, to like catch Spider-Man. It's not like the worst plan in the world, but it's also like not the best plan she could have come up with. Yeah, I've also seen her do (laughs) much more wild things with webbing. She could have just web spider-man and pulled him off of the raft but sure right. jessica go with the tightrope thing right play right into cb's act because he's like so stoked about this he's like this is perfect i never yeah. could have planned for this <laughs> yeah well her plan sucks um uh-huh. and it fails because one of cb's crew uh cuts the web and so the two heroes both fall over the waterfall anyway cool good job jessica sweet Nice plan. <laughs> neither Jessica. You can like nor... literally fly sometimes, Jessica. <laughs> right. The thing is, neither neither Spider Woman nor Spider Man come out of this episode looking very good. They both are very bad at their jobs and never use all of their powers. It's kind of hilarious. No. Even at this yeah. point, I don't think I mentioned it. No, we didn't. Yeah, the way the spider got caught initially, they just throw a net on him with like no weights and he just stands there like yeah oh you better let me out of here like it's just it's that's what just i'm saying he just some, stood there yeah <laughs> he didn't do anything yeah it's he really, was just like i've got you and he was like i guess so it's it's very funny and that's actually the next thing the next way they get caught is very similar actually because uh spider woman does save them from from meeting this watery doom because she creates like a web ramp so they can like slide that's pretty there. cool yeah like if you're gonna do i mean uh, the obvious thing would have been you know shooting a web thread and then swinging with spidey in her arms but <laughs> instead she creates this water a, sl- a water slide for them essentially which Love is fun construct it looks more fun i points for the creativity i'm here for that um so they they escape that and then they're like well we're just gonna walk oh no there's a pitfall like there's just you know a hole with some straw covering it that we just fall into their spider <laughs> senses don't trigger it and once they're in the hole it's a it's a very shallow hole they could you know crawl the walls given that a spider both spider people can crawl walls that's like a main part of the power set but no instead they just stand there in this kind of shallow hole looking up at the director who is not super powered by the way the director and his crew none of whom are super powered you were just Just like guys we have you now and they're like oh we'll get you once we get out of this hole with our powers that we're not using (laughs) this one ends up being funny for all the things that Spider-Man and Spider-Woman just don't do. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I think this episode is fun, not necessarily for the right reasons, but it still no. ends up being kind of fun. Cause it's just, it's one of those episodes that you sort of scream at the screen for, which yeah. I'd rather do than sit there quietly and like, wait, like sure. wait, wonder when it's going to end, you know? Yeah. Um, but this was definitely one of those ones where it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, why are you not doing like you have this and you have that and you have like, it's so funny to me because at least with, not that we get like super nitty gritty about some of this stuff because we know what these shows are, but like if we're going to for a second, if it were just Spider-Woman and she fell into a pitfall, okay, fine. Her spider sense is very weird, unreliable, it's unpredictable, she doesn't know when it's going to happen, but Spider-Man's right next to her. <laughs> his, his spider sense is, is pretty like mm-hmm. impending danger based yeah. like something maybe bad spider- is about to happen to me immediately <laughs> maybe his spider sense didn't go off because it's like well it's just a hole in the ground that you can easily just jump out of so i'm not gonna go <laughs> so off. it's, it's actually not-, not dangerous even a little bit there's yeah. no danger posed here <laughs> yeah so spider doesn't go off he just chooses to not leave for no you know yeah. he just forgot for a second he's not mad about being stuck in a hole with spider woman as oh. we find out later oh oh yeah. <laughs> 
And then by the time the director shows up before Spidey could have made his move on her, he's like, darn, it's too late. She'll know that I was faking it just to be stuck in a hole with her. So I've got to just play along and pretend like I could never crawl walls for some reason. Yeah. That still doesn't explain why Jessica doesn't try to crawl out since she can also (laughs) crawl walls. But, you know. This episode know. is yeah. This episode like sucks in a lot of ways, good. but it's like it's it's <laughs> but like it's the 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 stupidity of it is in is in this case is fun. It's like it's like even on the curve of this show, it's a lot dumber than the normal. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> okay. This show there there's never going to be an episode that like if if we're putting it on the on the spectrum of all Spider-Man shows, there's like never an episode of this show or a show like it that's going to be like really great, right? So yeah, then you yeah. you put it on its own spectrum and you kind of have these different tiers. You have ones that are like not a mess, have clever elements and sort of like have a relatively tight story to them that's like the best you're gonna get then you have instant like one instance so far that was like last week where it's like this is actually just boring and then there's this kind of like middle ground where it's like they just kind of do stupid stuff and you're kind of here for it or at least i am you know yeah totally totally i don't have a problem with it (laughs) and it doesn't make those episodes good they're certainly not like this one's not good but it is fun to scream at it yeah. sort of like a horror movie and be like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, no, it's, ex- it's exactly that experience. Yeah. I definitely was am, like it, still engaged with this when I'm watching it. Not really oh, totally. for the right reasons, but if I'm engaged in having fun with it, yeah. that's all. There was a little bit of these. trying to figure some things out for me, it's, but it, it was never yeah. more engaging than the stupid shit that was going on. <laughs> yeah. And you do <laughs> so always in the back of my mind kind of expect with this show that there's going to be stuff that just isn't explained because that's almost kind of part and parcel with this particular show even more than like the 60s show in some cases this show really loves throwing shit out and having zero explanation for it well i think this many episodes in we have to accept that it's something they know they're doing they they're not trying to explain things you know it's not part of what they're trying to do when they make this show so it's hard to like hold against them yeah not explaining everything it's more like stuff like this where you're like Guys, (laughs) Guys, <laughs> we yeah. know what they can do. <laughs> yeah. Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular and up patrons, Bo, Eric, Steve, Carl, Katie, Mike, Lillian, and Douglas. If you would like to support our show too, our way of saying thanks is by giving you lots of cool Spidey goodies. You'll have early access to all our episodes, including our AMAs, where we answer your burning questions about anything and everything. And we mean everything. If you join us at our $5 spectacular level, you get to hear us let loose and talk about wackier stuff in our After Dark commentaries or our movie commentaries, where we watch every single Spidey-related theatrical film, from the Raimi films to Amazing Spider-Man to Spider-Verse, Venom, Avengers Endgame, and more. And at our amazing tier, we'll invite you to be a guest on our show. That's right, you. You all make our show better, whether it's by sending us Word Snappers words, making us fan art, joining our Discord community, or just listening to us every week. This is our way of saying thank you for supporting this show and inspiring us to dip into media even we didn't realize was on our radar. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate you. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. Well, somehow, I don't know what the crew, what this non-superpowered crew did with these two superpowered spider people, but somehow just them being in the hole means that they're now like fully subdued because they show back up to the movie set, like literally just holding. And I guess unconscious Spider-Woman and Spider-Man, like they're just like holding them like over, you know, over their shoulder walking in and Billy sees like the two unconscious spider people. And he's like, gee, isn't movie making great. Like <laughs> what do you think's happening right now, Billy? This is creeping me out a little bit. I don't know. Um, but yeah, whatever they s- somehow are able to tie up spider woman and spider man together. So they're all constrained. Um, and so this is going to be the final scene where they're nearly eaten by the giant spider. Cool ending to your movie, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I think he's just making a snuff film. He's like, just he's like, he's gonna market it as like the death of Spider Man and Spider Woman, and that's why everyone's gonna show up, and then everyone's gonna go to the movie, and it's gonna be like a snuff film where they're like, wait, is this real or is this fake? Yeah, and no one's gonna know as they're watching it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I do like the bit. There's like a tribal dancer guy for like one second, and Spider Man's like, hey, didn't I see you with the disco before? <laughs> it's Implying so- that he was hired. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Cool with that. <laughs> Actually, I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, it's definitely not what they were going for, no. but I'm going to take everything I can yeah. uh, to try to, <laughs> I don't know why, but like, I'm going to try to take everything I can to support mm. that these are all just hired actors. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes you feel better about it for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But the way they get out of, you know, being eaten by the giant Congo spider is really cool. They finally bring back Spider-Woman's st- spider telepathy that she uh, first used in the very first episode of the show in Pyramids of Ter- Terror. And I don't think she's used it since then to no. my memory um, where she can literally just like talk to spiders with her mind and make them basically do her bidding, which I love. I love that she ha- randomly has that power and, and whips it out, uh, you know, the the few times that it, that it, that it comes into play. So. In this case, she is able to use her spider telepathy on the giant spider. And so the giant spider is just like, all right, cool. And goes after CB, which is super fun. I actually really like unironically love that. Yeah, I like it. It's it's like the most straightforward comeuppance you can do, right? Like guy sets monster on hero. Hero then sets monster back on guy. Like it's perfect. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> and I do love that she uses spider telepathy as well. I had to like double check because I was like, I'm pretty certain she's used this before. Mm-hmm. Like, but then I was like, but there's no way that they kept that sort of like continuity of power set. But they did. They mm-hmm. really did. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> it makes I me did. wonder, like, is that a thing just for the show? I don't know enough about Jessica Drew. I'm assuming it's just for this show. I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, it's just for the show. But imagine if it weren't and she and spider's man were in the same place what happens then that'd be interesting i I would like to see it (laughs) i would also like to see it (laughs) Mm -hmm. well after all of this happens spider woman asks spider-man she shouldn't have even asked not bad for a female eh and he responds by patronizing her he says not bad at all, Spider-Woman. Now, with a little help from me, you could be a top-notch web-crawling wall climber. When you're ready for some pointers, just give me a call. Fuck <sighs> you. You know, like, is this... It, oh, here's a question for you. Yeah. Is this meant to be... I mean, it is patronizing. Is it meant to be patronizing? Or is this one of those things where they're like, we have Spider-Man. He's like the greatest superhero in our universe. And he's I offering help. <laughs> genuinely don't know. Genuinely don't know. Because, I mean, whenever like Jeff does it to Jessica, she, he gets put in his place. Right. So it's, the writers know kind of what they can do with this dynamic. Right. But then that makes it more uh, telling, I think, when Spider-Man isn't put in his place, even though he's doing the same thing. Like, I think that removing that, I don't know. It's just... Like, then I don't get it. Then why would you have him say all that stuff? It's really, I don't know. I right, because really to me, I was like, this is so clearly an asshole thing to say. Yeah. But but then I kind of asked that same question we asked at the top, which was like, why would they put him in here just to be an a-hole? And then I was like, okay, so how could I imagine a world where, like, that wasn't what they were doing? And the only thing I can think of is, like, we have Spider-Man as the feature, and everybody knows Spider-Man is a bigger, more famous better superhero than spider-woman right guys guess so, like yeah. i don't know i i don't i'm not really sure what to make of this other I than it either. sucks <laughs> i yeah i think it just sucks it's uh, yeah i don't know i really don't know i mean because and it's like they don't even really have fun with a dynamic of like of like your favorite superhero maybe he's a little bit sexist and has to learn to not be you know like i will wouldn't really want him to do that with Spider-Man, but if they were going to do it, it would be a weird thing to do in her show. It's her show. (laughs) Right. But like, at least if they were doing that, it would make it like, feel like it was something in this case. Yeah. There's, there's no way there's nothing, there's no way out of it. Like he's just is an asshole and that's it. And And she just waves goodbye. Like with a smile, like totally normal thing to say. Yeah. It's so weird. It's very weird. And again, if the whole show was kind of sexist, it'll be one thing. But like the fact that, the show has lines like this from men who get put in their place when they say it makes it like, you know what you're doing sometimes. Why do you not know what you're doing this time? And if you do know what you're doing, then what you're doing is bad. So I don't get it. So why are you doing it? Right. Yeah, exactly. I don't right. know. It's, it's very strange. Well, that's the end of the episode, right? They've solved the problem. The spider is <laughs> defeated and the director is, you know, got his yeah. comeuppance. Yeah. Mm. And we nope. wave goodbye to the guest star. Got a whole other act left. Wow. What a weird, what a weird, it's, it's kind of wild. This episode, like you go to Africa, then go back, 
then go back to Africa again, then are on your way back, then go to Paris. Yeah. Like that's where this episode goes. It's very, it's yeah. You know what though? I was shocked, but I wasn't that mad. No, no, it was fine. I mean, especially because it's not. I mean, it they, they they have the same problem that this show and and a number of other shows we've covered have, where like they don't balance their pace correctly. So like, mm-hmm. there's really only a few minutes left in the episode. There's maybe like five minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this could have been a a something that was split more between two full halves. Sure. So they don't really have enough time to do what they're doing here. Mm-hmm. But it's not the exact same thing as the first half. So I, it's not just yeah. like. Oh no, what do we do? Let's do it again. Yeah, so like well, that I kind of like that. And it's totally their their King Kong riff, right? Right. So it's exactly. like this is this is you bringing Kong off of the island to to the city. Like this is their version of it, you know. They have like right. they have a variation on that. And I and I like that it's not the exact same thing. They don't just pick up the spider and bring him to New York or something. Like they do still play with it a little bit. It's just sort of like similar broad strokes to the King Kong story in that regard. Yeah. I I, I <laughs> I got a laugh out of, uh, you know, when, when, I, when the story is like kind of seems to be wrapping up and everything and Jeff and Billy are wondering where Jessica is the way they transition. It's like, I don't remember what the line before it is, but they're talking about like, Oh, you know, you could have been a spider woman could have been, could have been a star. And then Jeff's like, speaking of stardom, I wonder where Jessica got lost. <laughs> what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. I wonder if at this point they're fully aware of just how ridiculous it is. Maybe. That Billy and Jeff say that like twice every episode at least. (laughs) Yeah, potentially. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. How could you not be? (laughs) It is a weird sort of absurdist humor that I wouldn't have expected, right? Where it's like just a total non sequitur. Speaking of stardom, you know, famous star (laughs) Jessica Drew. What? I mean, the whole world did know who she was, apparently. I guess so. That's true. Just a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Question. Uh-huh. Do we see Gopher at all the rest of this episode? No, he disappears. Because did he then get when... eaten by the spider? Maybe, because the next time, every time that CB is <laughs> talking, he's talking with some random dude. I guess he's like his pilot or something after that. Right. Or like one of his special effects guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, think Gopher got eaten. Assume that Gopher got eaten. I think CB and Gopher were probably being chased by the spider and CB like pushed Gopher (laughs) to the spider to escape. So, I mean, it Brutal. checks out for the little we know about his character. The dude yeah. is a complete sociopath, obviously. So. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of this guy? He, I mean, he is created for the show, but he's obviously inspired by the directors before him in Spider-Man stories. Yeah. What do you think of this one? Yeah, I... I I think he's kind of um the most boring version of it honestly because he really is just like a director who's trying to kill Spider-Man and Spider-Woman for no reason just for his movie. And like I I like it when they sort of play up even if they are still like psychopaths, mm-hmm. if they kind of at least like have some fun with them being like the overly artsy like beret wearing director stereotype or like the I think it was one of amazing friends where he's like the big, like, open shirt, like, hairy dude, mm-hmm. like, that kind of stereotype. Like, I, I like it if they sort of pl- at least play with the di- the direct the fact that he is a director. This dude could just be, like, any mafia guy or whatever. <laughs> like, you know? Like, he basically is just the kingpin again. I mean, he he does. I actually think he's a better kingpin design than the kingpin design we got. Yeah. But I think I, I think I kind of like him because he, he sort of feels like a weird exploitation director making a snuff film. And there's something Mm. about that twist on it that I like. That's true. Um, Even though his motivation and his story aren't as good, I think there's something to his characterization that's uh, like, I think there's more potential for him to be a recurring character Mm -hmm. than some of the other directors, even though the other directors are more fun in their single appearances. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess you could like this guy, I think could spiral in a really fucked up way. (laughs) Well, you also could see him, but, but, but even for a show like this, they could still do kind of the same, the variation of the same story every time he appears where it's just like, well, this is my movie. I'm doing another movie where I'm trying to kill Spider-Woman in the movie. And the (laughs) fun that they can have with it is just like, what movie is he filming this time? Sure. What weird traps or monsters or or something is going to be in the movie that he's filming? And it's still your same basic trying to kill a superhero plot. It's just always in the context of also filming a movie. That could be fun. I think think it makes him a less explosive one-time story. But it, yeah, it, it, it... it allows him to keep coming back. Yeah. Uh, and and hopefully as he would keep coming back, you would get more into why he's trying to kill them in the first place, which is 
something we never get an answer to. <laughs> no, he just wants to <laughs> kill him. He just the... wants to kill him. He, I guess he just assumes it'll be a good movie if he kills them in it. Sure. Maybe he is, he's like, well, I've taken advantage of them and I've put them in dangerous situations. The only way to get them to not come after me is to kill them. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, they they don't have to sign consent forms if they're dead. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I think. Nope. No, I no, definitely not. But you know, <laughs> maybe in his logic, there's some kind of logic there, but I don't think it's the right kind. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Well, elsewhere in the jungle, CB and his crew are preparing to leave Africa. CB's griping that Spider-Man and Spider-Woman ruined the end of my movie, but. He's got a backup plan already ready to go. In fact, his special effects people already prepared this backup plan. So he knew this could go horribly wrong. Yeah. I mean, he knew he knew who he was dealing with. (laughs) Sure. His plan is to film a new ending in Paris. Ugh, reshoots. Am I right? (laughs) You're right. Right. (laughs) I bet. I bet Spider Woman's so obviously going to be green screened into it. You're going to tell that they're not on set anymore. The wigs are going to be so bad. Uh, uh. The internet is going to have a field day. (laughs) (laughs) They're probably going to have to delay the uh, delay the Uh, premiere of it and everything. New mutants all over again. It's just going to end up going straight to streaming. You know it. Uh, well, as he flies off, Jeff and Billy reunite with Jessica, who's pretending to be hiding from a snake, which Jeff is like, it's just an earthworm. Okay. She's just hiding in the Justice Jet Copter from uh, from the snake that turns out to be an earthworm. Okay. I still can't decide what my feelings are on this bit. Because like, sometimes I think it's very funny yeah. that she is able to do things that are so obviously stupid that they then, or Jeff at least, like buys. Like there's something about that that's funny because it just shows how stupid Jeff is. Mm-hmm. But then the flip side of that is like she's just playing into something Jeff already believes, which is that she's weak and stupid because she's a lady. Yeah, it's weird because like I see the thread of like, oh, she's kind of, you know, they're they're definitely kind of pulling parallels to superman and superman has like depending on his version clark kent is kind of an act right so it's sort of like let me try to be as unassuming Mm. and nerdy as possible and so i can sort of see the thread of like well what's (laughs) if jessica drew is a character what's the character right and it's like but i feel like their thought process is like well what's the woman version of that and so what clark kent is sort of like your your er example of like like Clark Kent is like the masculine version of it where it's sort of like if you're playing with like instead of playing with the tropes of hyper masculinity it's playing with the opposite of that where it's like what if a guy is like super unmasculine and very nerdy and scared and clumsy of stuff clumsy clumsy and everything and then Jessica is sort of like the hyper feminine example where it's like well what if she's like as stereotypically woman womanly as possible like does that make sense yeah yes it does i think is it does it okay is it fair to say that it works for superman because it's it's our hero subverting the expectations of what it means to be masculine yeah and we're still rooting for him and know that he's the hero right but it doesn't work for spider woman because the stereotypes and the way that women are already treated and viewed is that sort of weakness and fragility like she's not subverting or is it not fair that she can't do the same thing i mean i think it's because if you are if if the parallel if the superman parallel is what they're going for consciously i think the problem is that she's not subverting anything with she's like leaning into yeah but they could also consciously be doing like the reverse of that you know because it's sort of like well you couldn't do what 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 Clark is doing, but or or I guess like the the thought is maybe it's not so much the spectrum of like femininity versus like not being feminine or masculinity versus not being masculine. More maybe it really is just sort of like just picking particular tropes that you're leaning in into, um, and it's. But then, like, I mean, I guess it's the Clark's... opposite of heroism, honestly. Like, I guess that's yeah, what I it guess is, that's right? What it is. So if like that's what it is. if both of, if you take the fact that and and granted we're this is. I don't know that there's a right answer because there's sort of the reality of it. And then the we're, we're playing in both the playgrounds of 
ideal and real, right? Yeah. But like if you strip away these two characters' gender, which you can't do, but if you do, then like their primary characteristic is that they're heroes and that they save the day and we root for them. And mm-hmm. we know that they're heroes because they're strong, they're smart, they're honorable, they have integrity, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they're sort of like human alter egos in order to hide their heroism is like the op is like comically the opposite of that. If you strip their gender away, they're doing the yeah. same thing. The problem is that in the real world, one of them is subverting what society tells us their gender is supposed to be like. Yeah. And then the other one is doing the thing that society is already sort of saying is true when it's not. Like it's the yeah. thing that that <laughs> you're trying to fight against, I guess. I don't yeah. know. It's sort of and, weird. It, and there's you still definitely have a lot of layers to it. <laughs> and you still have characters commenting on like the womanliness of, of the way that she's acting sometimes too, when she's putting on that persona and that also doesn't help. So like they are still often commenting on it, like, oh, just like a woman right. kind of thing. Um, and, and it's a belief they already have. Jeff already thinks right. that women are less capable, less strong, less intelligent, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, well, and I think the other difference between Jessica and Clark is that like Clark's entire persona is sort of grounded in that. Like, it's not like he only acts clumsy in moments to like convince people that he's not Superman. Like he lives his entire life as Clark Kent when he's in public like that. And with and Jessica kind of stoic, like I know that he, yeah, he leans into well, sort of being, you'd know better than I am, but does he lean into sort of being like cowardly is that part of it too or is he just sort of meek and stoic fully depends on the version is okay that's fair and 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 the amount of it that's an act versus not an act like sometimes it's saying that like that's really more who clark is and he's more putting on a persona and like putting on a face of bravery and courage when he's superman that's not really who he is it depends on the version and sometimes it's vice versa so like it totally depends it's it's more i'm more thinking very broadly with that you know Mm -hmm. um the sort of broad archetype for it but i think typically Clark is living his life as that version of Clark Kent. Right. And with Jessica, the thing that's weird about it is that like, she's still like a girl boss, like most of the time, you know, and, and she's like, still the editor of a, of like yeah. an internationally popular magazine. Like she's still focused on justice bosses. She's still like strong, independent woman. A lot of times, like they still, she still is playing that up and being herself. And the show plays that up. It's very particular moments when it's just like, Oh, now I have to pretend to be like a meek and feeble woman who's scared of everything. Like, oh, I now guess... I have to pretend to care about womanly things. Like, it's it's only in particular moments, and I think that kind of makes it different because she hasn't built her entire alter yeah. ego on that. You know, it, well, but then it sort of swings back to the like it's kind of funny because she only does that to Jeff. She only ever does it to Jeff, which kind of implies that he's the only person who could buy it because That's he's true. a fucking moron. <laughs> That's actually very true, which is, so, you know, this fine. is the cycle I'm constantly in every time one of these scenes shows up. Yeah. I just, I, I go round and round where I'm like, I don't like this. And then I'm like, no, I actually, I think it's funny. And then I don't like it again. Yeah. So I don't know. This conversation could literally happen every time we watch Spider-Woman. But I guess for some reason, the, the complete absurdity of her mistaking an earthworm for a snake, I think really really was it's a <laughs> like lot peak this yeah and it doesn't help that we never see her interacting with literally anyone else other than jeff and billy so like we don't really <laughs> know true. how she would cover for her identity with anyone else so yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. it's still it's like it's an interesting conversation because again they weren't thinking through these things you know as deeply as we're sort of talking through them sure but it's still sure. kind of fun to kind of get to, to get to the core of what might be there mm-hmm well, in Paris, because uh, we're there now, CB's new plan is revealed. Going to have a giant remote-controlled mecha spider now. So Dope. there is a robot spider, just not the one that we kind of thought there would be. Mm-hmm. So while the Justice Magazine crew is heading to New York, Jessica receives a vision of this mecha spider invading Paris. And she's like, um, hey, Jeff, you know, since we're in the neighborhood, can we like just stop in Paris and get that expensive <laughs> French perfume that I like a lot? You know. <laughs> The neighborhood of somewhere in Africa and Northern Europe. I really like that Jeff is like, we're kind not of Northern Europe. Don't add in, me. We're not in the neighborhood, Jessica, but I mean, I guess you're the boss. So I guess we'll have to go. Like he at least acknowledges <laughs> that like those two places aren't close together at all, yeah. but sure. Right. <laughs> it also sort of speaks to Jeff's like lack of understanding of any sort of like 
professionalism or acceptable behavior at work. The fact that he's just like, my boss has told me to take a detour to Paris to buy perfume, so I guess we will. (laughs) This is one time where you actually could challenge her and be like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So they're heading off to Paris now. Uh, They arrive and the Mecha Spider's already there terrorizing the city. So (laughs) Jessica's like, I'm afraid of spiders. And the suggestion is for her to just hide behind one of the back seats of the helicopter. And, you know, I guess just assume that she'll just be utterly silent and unresponsive and no one will ever look behind the seat. Uh, Cause she just jumps out of, out of the helicopter when they're not looking. See, this is where Billy's incredibly important because Billy as her nephew could yeah. vouch and say like, no, she's deathly afraid of spiders. Jeff, don't even talk to her right now. Like yeah. she needs to be entirely in her happy place. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. yeah. Assuming that Billy is in on the secret really yeah. does help this show so much. <laughs> it, doesn't it though? I'm so glad we like, I think this was your theory first. I like, I'm so glad you proposed this so early on because it yeah. really does explain everything. It really does. It really does. Yeah. Cause Jeff's, Jeff's going to be busy uh, flying the hel- helicopter and stuff. So it all checks out. Mm-hmm. So like you said, she jumps out of the helicopter. One of my favorite things that Jessica Drew does, jump out of an airborne vehicle and transform <laughs> into Spider-Woman. I love it every time. Uh, I wish it happened every episode. Should, so yeah. she does this, and she confronts the Mecha Spider as it attacks the Eiffel Tower. She does attempt to web it up, uh, which, to be fair, has worked on a lot of ridiculous things in the past. Uh, but this one chews through her webbing. And when she's not paying attention, it grabs her with one of its spider claws, I guess. Um, Seeing this predicament, Jeff is like, oh, we got to get in there and and help Spider-Woman out. She's in trouble. So he flies the Justice Jet copter closer to the spider, and it gets grabbed as well. So Spider-Woman and the copter are both in its clutches. Good job, Jeff. (laughs) Good thinking, buddy. Well, as CB praises this unexpected scene, Spider-Man arrives, having, I guess, followed the director to Paris, which, not a bad idea, I guess. Just I don't really know kind how of a surprise. he did that. How did he get to Africa in the first place? That is actually. a great question. And, <laughs> and like, well, I guess, okay, so he knew to be in Africa because of the headline. How he got there, we don't know. And how he got from wherever in Africa to... Paris is completely a mystery as well. He just web swang on the clouds because he couldn't have ocean. couldn't have hitched a ride with with the justice team because they weren't going to Paris. Right? <laughs> Did he but just web up the there. helicopter and was just hanging on the helicopter for the entire trip? Why not? Why not? Why not? Maybe Peter has his pilot's license in this universe, and he actually was just flying his own private jet. Could be. You never know. I'm sure he. In his history, I'm sure he's had a jet at some point. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> <laughs> well, he shows up. Uh, he pull. He he gets to work really quickly, and like I mentioned, we're rapidly running out of time in the episode of the TV show. So he pulls a pin from the claw that's holding Spider Woman. This frees her arms. It allows her to melt the other claw that's holding the Justice Jet Copter. And just like that, everybody's free again. So with her, Jeff, and Billy safe, Spider-Man crawls into the Mecha Spider, which apparently has a control panel on the inside as well. Okay. uh, Takes control of the spider and redirects this one towards CB and his crew as well, which is the best kind of deja vu. (laughs) Because it's funny both times. (laughs) Metaphorically using spider telepathy in this case. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So she does it once, he does it once, you know? Yeah. It's kind of fun. I actually like that. They kind of both save each other in this, which is better than it could have gone for sure. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) So this is funny to me too. Spider-Man leaves the film crew on top of the Arc de Triomphe, which I'm sure I said wrong. And this part I hate, uh, which is he asks Spider-Woman on a date. This part I love. She declines in sort of a, what the fuck kind of way? (laughs) Um, Because it's a weird thing to do, man. And just walks off. And he's like, okay like what why 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 are we doing this why is spider-man asking spider-woman out on a date yep Uh, she like actively avoids him (laughs) good good for you jessica you don't owe anything to this guy It's, it's also especially weird because early on in the episode she says she needs to stop the giant spider because it's gonna give her family a bad name which sort of implies that she views 
her and Spider-Man as like siblings. Yeah. And he's like asking her on a date, which is fucked up. I feel like that was like the vibe of the first episode too, between the two of them. Like they were very much, yeah, more of a sibling kind of vibe, the way that they would banter and stuff. And in this one, it's like he suddenly has the hots for her. It's weird. It's weird. It's very weird. Yeah. And I'm betting they don't know each other's secret identities either. So it's like extra. No, not a chance. They don't even work together. Yeah. (laughs) They barely work together. Yeah, literally only related because of the spider part of their names, and that's right. It. And that probably was a coincidence. I bet Jessica named herself that before she knew who Spider Man was, or something. She had her spider powers before he did, presuming they're around the same age. Oh, true. That's a very good point. <laughs> she had her spider powers when she was like nine or ten, or at least was bit. Or no, yeah, she was bitten and cured or whatever. Yeah, I bet that she like maybe. Did she probably, you know, she obviously didn't become Spider-Woman until she was adult, but I bet she'd like been planning on it and had that as sort of like an idea for a while. And that it was like right before she was like, she fully finished her costume and was about to like have her official Spider-Woman coming out. Like she sees the news and like this mysterious Spider-Man is saving people in New York. And she's like, God <laughs> damn it. Kind of a bitch. <laughs> well, too, I've, I've already committed too late. I'm Spider-Woman. He's just gonna have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> Gee dang. <laughs> I would love to know what their ages are supposed to be in respect, like in relation to each other. Cause she feels like she's older than what Peter Parker is normally portrayed as even like, cause I feel like he's very rarely older than college age, especially in the cartoons. And she's like the editor of a major international magazine. Like, I mean, she probably isn't literally in her thirties, but like she could be, you know, she's at least in her late twenties. Do we think that the folks who made this show, who then have Spider-Man cross over with it twice, do we think that they are... I know comics have a weird sliding timeline. I don't know when that type of thought was established. But do we think that they are treating these shows in like real time, where like 15 years has passed since the last show? That one took place in the 60s. This one takes place in the late 70s. Therefore, like Spider-Man is older than her? Oh, I doubt it's real time, but I think that they are basing the idea on that Spider-Man's already existed because he's already had a cartoon before. So yeah. it's probably hasn't been like 15 years or whatever, but like, I, I think that they, How old they is are, he in the 67 one college um, age. It went college back age. In, yeah. I think he's like meant to be college age. So, so like, she's gotta be older than him. Yeah. Or around the same age. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So she's had her powers longer. <laughs> she has. She definitely has. Yeah. <laughs> she's had spider blood, spider blood, radioactive spider blood longer than him. Yeah. Well, Whatever. Spider-Man's gone. Honestly, thank, <laughs> thank God. God. I'm glad he's gone. I've never been so really happy. Him. Never been so happy to see Spider-Man leave. Oh, boy. <laughs> not, ru- not ruining him any further. Hated that. <laughs> yep. And I don't think he ever appears in this show ever again. And honestly, probably Can't imagine for the best. Why. <laughs> uh, but the episode ends with Spider-Woman returning to the Justice Jet Copter, changing back into Jessica just in time, right as Billy and Jeff are talking about her. And she does uh, the usual post-heroing banter with Jeff and Billy. I think this ban- at first I thought this banter was going to be a challenge to our Billy theory, but I think it actually works because she he does his thing where where he's like, I wish you could be more like Spider Woman, which in our sort of fan theory universe, like is him sort of like doing that annoying sibling with a secret thing, right? Mm-hmm. But then she says like, well, you know, I wish you could be like more like Spider Man, and he gives like this weird face, like he just got got. Uh, yeah. But I think that actually kind of works because he knows that he can't be and she is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she probably, I mean, because she's like, there's a spider on her shoulder and he like freaks out by it. Like, I think that yeah. that was legit. Like he probably did legitimately freak out. Oh by yeah. That. So for it's, sure. You know, it's a definitely a fun, a fun family. Yeah. Kind of sibling-y type thing that they're doing. I, is yeah. Billy in the comics at all? Do they ever bring him into the comics? Oh, I don't know. I don't, I doubt it, but I mean. Cause I just, I need. Uh, I'm going to search for fanfic where like something confirms our, th- somebody, we cannot be the only ones who thought of this, right? Yeah. There know, has I mean, to be a story out there somewhere that explores this idea that, that Billy knows who she is. I'd love that. But I also don't know how many people really like have given this show very much thought to be right. Honest. Jessica drew has really big fans. I don't know if the show yeah. and, and the people who are like huge Jessica drew fans, cross over to the same like intensity you know right. what i mean because this show like, i'm sure so they appreciate diff- this show but it's totally different yeah because it's so different from from jessica drew in the comics and 
everything. So, but I would love, I would really love the idea of Jessica Drew having a nephew who's in on the secret, just in like explicitly. Like, I think that's yeah. a really fun idea. Well, um, add it to all yeah. of my unwritten fanfic. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I have a growing catalog of, uh, unwritten fic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, some faces all in one shot here. This is the moment I was talking about where CB reveals his plan to the Justice Magazine crew, mm-hmm. and they all are like just dumbfounded for literal seconds on screen. And Billy looks shocked. And Jeff <laughs> looks shocked. And Jessica kind of looks like she's tripping balls and can't quite like isn't quite hearing the words where she's like <laughs> trying really hard to like hear the words that CB's saying, and she's just like what? Like she does not look shocked, but I'm not entirely sure what this is. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's really bu- a really bizarre thing to learn. <laughs> it is sort so... of a reality breaking moment from her perspective. Yeah. She's like, hold on. Did I hear that? Right. I No, I'm not. Am I hallucinating this? What? <laughs> like I can hear her soul leaving her body. Right. Where she's just like, Ugh. yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's actually kind of appropriate given the weird situation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Her eyebrows look great though. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Her eyebrows are on point. (laughs) They're on fleek. Overall thoughts on this one? I feel like we kind of like, yeah, uh, we kind of dug into this one, but I did actually enjoy it quite a bit. Oh, I enjoyed it a lot. Not good. (laughs) It's a very particularly stupid episode of the the show. Even for this show. Like it's just like a fun kind of stupid. Yeah, yeah, it, but it was fun. It was it was fine. I I enjoyed it just fine. Um, Spider Man sucks in it. I don't like that. I yeah, really that part could have is very. He didn't even need to be in this one. He does very little. He didn't in it. need to be in it, and the way he acts is not integral to the story they're telling. Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't really. I'm not. I'm not, still. Not, I'm just objectively not a fan of that. But yeah. Um. You know. Otherwise, uh, it was fine. Fun. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Well. If you would like more stuff from us talking about all sorts of things, sometimes fun, sometimes fine, always exciting, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers and pop into our Discord. There's a link in the show notes. If you'd like to find me or Derek individually, you can find us all over the place. Derek, where can people find you and the stuff you're making? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my podcast Gimmicks, which is a pretty new podcast uh, that looks at high concept experimental structure breaking gimmick episodes of television with a new show and different guests every week. And you can find that wherever you find your podcast or you can follow it on Twitter and Instagram at Gimmicks Pod. What about you, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at Ikibuli, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E. Why? If you like Pokemon stuff, you can listen to me on another 4-Eyed Radio Network production called Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast. And if you like books and video games, you can listen to me on a podcast called Novel Gaming, where my friends Katie, Vicky, and I catch up on all the books, video games, and other media we've been consuming lately. You can check out mine and Derek's monthly podcast, Falling with Style. It's an ongoing Pixar movie marathon, where we are watching every Pixar film chronologically. Our episode on The Good Dinosaur is out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, And uh, just like the recent dinosaur episode we talked about with Spider-Woman, we had thoughts that aren't all great. (laughs) But it's worth checking out because... Uh, I do think it provokes some thought. So I think it's a good conversation. Yeah. Though. It's abnormally negative compared to pretty much every other episode of Falling the Style. <laughs> it's nothing else. It is a, it's a different episode for us on that show. So check it out. Let us know what you think. Tell us if we got it right or wrong. You can visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com where we have a full archive of everything Derek and I are working on together. And you can follow Walloping Web Snappers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms because if you like what we're doing here, somebody else will too. And those ratings and reviews make us much easier to find. Next week, Jessica goes to the Olympics, kind of, in the episode Games of Doom, which definitely features Dr. Doom, right? (laughs) (laughs) I sure thought so. (laughs) (laughs) See you then. Bye. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And it's the... And is your... Sp- <laughs> Good lord.